0: Shalom, shalom. It's a delight to be here today with Rabbi Aviva Richmond, who is a Rosh Yeshiva at hadar and has been on the faculty since 2010, a graduate of Oberlin College. She was ordained by Rabbi Danny Landis and completed a doctorate in Talmud at NYU. Interests include Talmud, Halakha, Midrash, and gender, and also a healthy dose of niggunim. Rabbi Richmond, thanks so much for taking time to talk.
1: Thanks so much. It's so great to be here. It's an honor.
0: Thank you, thank you. So we'd love to discuss some, Torah is always evolving. It's a Torah that's changing and um, and also stable and rooted and think about new paradigms in ways to interpret Torah today. So the first thing I'd love to ask you is what would you say are primary lens that you bring today to how you learn and teach Torah and how has that changed for you over the last decade?
1: Yeah, great. Um, I love the opportunity to think about this question. I will say that I, I think what I personally strive for and what we are trying to instantiate at Hadar in our Beit Midrash as well, is feeling like all the different parts of our toolkit are, are helpful and even necessary to unpack and understand Torah in its fullest sense. So I feel that both on an emotional, spiritual, and intellectual level, I would say that's part of what carved out my life path of pursuing um, a dissertation in Talmud, and trying to really bring that kind of critical eye um, and sensitive eye to textual dynamics into the emotional experience of teaching Torah with students in a very live way, people who are committed religiously to living this out, and having that interface of the emotionally complex, the intellectually complex, um, be what we need for Torah to, to be all that it can be in our moment. So I think it's really, it's sort of the combination of methods, um, academic, traditional yeshivish, and emotionally sensitive all at once that I'm trying to bring out more fully into the world.
0: So what, what I hear you saying, and I, and I don't wanna put words in your mouth so you can tell me if this is right, is that it's less of an ideological lens um and more of kind of emerging from a a dynamic between the self and the text is that right
1: yes i think that is right um and i don't know i I would say um, it's almost an ideologically non-ideological stance that um a rigid approach to what the text is supposed to to mean or how we engage with it is what's going to shut down the fullness yeah. of Torah, and we really need to be ready to to bring all the angles that we can, and um, So, how do you relate to the
0: idea when people talk about like I'm going to bring a postmodern lens to interpret, or a feminist lens, or a queer lens, or a neo-hasidic lens to reading this text? Do you view that as too rigid through a, an ideological paradigm, or is there value to that?
1: Right. So, I do think you know for any individual. As long as what, what is emerging from your engagement with Torah is what you feel most kind of passionate and true, then that's awesome and that's beautiful. And even more than that, I think that's that's critical and important. And what I, what I sort of love doing is getting to sit in the position of Rosh Hashiva, see all these different students who come and learn, they bring a number of different lenses with them, get to share that with each other, and
0: um, and through that have a fuller sense of what Torah can be. Awesome, awesome. So when teaching halakha, how, how do you balance a commitment to halakha itself, the notion of there being a normative ideal, or even just that there is a mandate, um, with some notion of pluralism that um, acknowledges very different relationships to that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in some ways, that's sort of like a challenge that we're thinking about very um, explicitly in our in our contemporary moment. But I also think there's ways that that's just such a natural outgrowth of what halakha is and means, and for anything to have such a claim on on all different aspects of a person's life, it, of course, is going to have to be ready to be accountable to different parts of, of the human experience. So I think of pluralism not as a sort of contemporary challenge to halakha, but you know when when i talk about like bringing the fullness of an academic lens to halacha and seeing what the dynamic range of earlier texts look like and how halakha has developed from the times of the talmud through the medieval period to the contemporary moment that's not to just pick out well what is the one normative way that all communities nowadays must practice this right that's never what halacha has been um, it's been often more like geographically those different min hagim But what you can find when you you study halakha fully is various ways of instantiating um, what it is that halakha is trying to achieve. And I think in our moment, we sort of have the gift of more and more people learning and engaging with halakha and sort of figuring out what's the most resonant um, in their particular community, in their particular life. And that feels like a fulfillment of, not a challenge to halakha.
0: Great, great, awesome so just the last question today i think um which is you know sometimes i meet students who just love learning for the sake of learning toraeli but generally i i meet students who are are very fired up about issues in the world and that's a part of their torah whether it's today fire about israeli-palestinian conflict or democrat republican you know uh, uh, partisan politics or whether it's about denominationalism uh, in the religious world and I wonder, like, how do you think about this political polarizations, the moral urgencies people bring to um, uh, 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 to this moment? Um, how does that and how should that affect the way we think about learning Torah these days?
1: Yeah, such a good question, particularly right in this very moment. i um, hoping that there will be peace and security. Um, I... So I feel really proud of being a Beit Midrash where people come with real passions and commitments and a really strong sense of integrity, Um, not only about what Torah can do in their own lives and how it can be nourishing for them, um, but how Torah is responsible to a a much larger world. Um, And I do think in the political moment that we're in, very often people can just kind of gravitate to their own mini worlds of how to approach a certain real problem in the world. Um, And that's important for building a sense of allyship and and moving a cause forward. But I do think that the Beit Midrash offers a pretty unique space where you're leading with your commitments. It's not like a removed setting, um, but it does kind of require real listening and engagement with others. So, you know, obviously that can be very difficult. I remember we did a winter seminar almost a decade ago on, on Israel, and, and it was a risk to take a topic like that. Um, but it was actually extremely powerful to see what it looked like for people who are used to kind of being in one political mindset around all of that to, to actually um, engage from a Torah perspective. Um, and it's not at all smooth. It's obviously, it can be very bumpy. But I do feel like it's an honor and a privilege to try to be crafting a Beit Midrash where people can feel passionately, can have real expectations of what the outcome of Torah and Halakha must be, and also actually be in an engaged dialogue with others um, who are also committed and passionate. Um. Yes, I, I really, I feel like the Beit Midrash has an important message to offer all of us in this moment.
0: So part of what I hear you saying there, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, is that um, that it it has the potential to cool down our fervor or nuance our fervor by requiring us to be in dialogue. It might be that we come to the same conclusion we entered with, and yet that bumpy ride of being in dialogue and being within the text um, is there to help to nuance and uh, expand our consciousness of what's all involved. Is that right?
1: I think, yeah, I would say it's with, I don't even know if I would say it's about turning down the fervor, but I do think it is seeing that fervor as um, an important part of that fervor is connecting with others, um, even if they're not exactly located in the same place in their own fervor. And and I think that part of that is, again, it's, it's not only about um, being in dialogue and learning something new and interesting, but realizing that the way that movement happens in the world is by being engaged with others, not just siloing away from others.
0: Awesome, such an important message. Friends, uh, please continue to, to learn from the, the great writings and teachings of Rabbi Aviva Richman um, at Hadar and beyond. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, great to be here with you.